HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, this is Marion Nessel. I'm the Paulette Goddard Professor of Nutrition, Food Studies, and Public Health at New York University and a longtime fan of Heritage Radio. Like Marion, you too can support Heritage Radio Network, a member-based nonprofit radio station operating out of Bushwick, Brooklyn. I've been on it countless times. I love being interviewed. The interviewers are always really well prepared and fun to talk to about the issues that matter to me the most, uh, about how we can change our food system to one that's healthier for people and the environment. It's just invaluable to have an independent radio station that's dealing with these issues. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful asset. Support Heritage Radio Network by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Today's program has been brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, and welcome to The Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. I just want to let you know that The Food Scene is produced by Heritage Radio Network, which is a nonprofit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. So, you know, help keep HRN alive by becoming a member today. You can go to heritageradionetwork.org, click on that beating heart in the top right to donate. So do it now and, uh, you know, keep our heart beating. Today's show is with Eugenio Perrier. Hey, Eugenio. I, I, did, I did decent. You did pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you did pretty yeah. good. <laughs> um, CMO of Sabra Hummus. Now, you know, hummus seems like a very ubiquitous thing around the United States right now. And in doing some of my research, um, I mean, it, it's on a meteoric rise. And, and 20 years ago, rarely did you see hummus in a person's kitchen. Uh, yet today, over 20% of American kitchens stock hummus. Uh, millions upon millions of Americans eat it daily. And, you know, this is something, aside from it being made from the humble chickpea, is more of a phenomenon. I mean, it's 
it's a historic spread. Yeah. It's a historic dip. Um, we're going to start with you, you know, Sardinian, yeah. <laughs> working with the chickpea. Um, we, we were joking around about Carta de Musica, you know, uh, this kind of wafer-thin bread that comes from your country, um, as we have, you know, pitas and hummus in front of us. Uh, do you have that hummus culture? Do you have that spread and dip culture where you come from? Well, we actually don't. And uh, it's something that I had to really learn as uh, I embrace the... Uh, um, the mission with Sabra to spread this uh, chickpeas cream around America and potentially around the world. And uh, we have chickpeas. Yeah, chickpeas have been always part of our culture. And, uh, you know, I was used to eat a lot of these chickpeas as a kid, uh, like roasted chickpeas, very simple, very tasty. I love these. I mean, this is just bringing me the memory of when I was maybe uh, 8, 10 years old. I was going to local... Uh, soccer, football for me, a uh, game for the local team in the village where I was living. And there was this little guy, that uh, he, old guy that was pushing his cart with all these uh, natural snacks, uh, any kind of uh, nuts. And I love the chickpeas. So for me, that was a beautiful snacking. But honestly, before coming to America, never seen chickpeas in the form of a cream and in the form of hummus. So I've been learning a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating thing that, you know, a simple process of by blending it with tahini, lemon, spices can transform something almost unrecognizable to other people. And this, I would say, is very familiar to me as part of also my culture, my original culture. And it's probably one of the reasons why I feel uh, so naturally well working with Sabra and with the homos because uh, I've been growing my life with the same kind of principle. Few simple ingredients, sapiently blended, they make the magic and they make uh, the flavor magic that you wish you have every time you have food. And I think this is really at the essence probably what the Mediterranean cooking and the Mediterranean food culture is about. Yeah, I mean, you used to work for Berea and that, what is flour, water, salt, maybe egg as a binder. But the simplicity of things, um, at the same time, the, the complexity of running a global business now about you know, four very transparent ingredients. Yeah. I mean, there must be complexities in that. Well, there is complexity, but at the same time, I think we are also uh, working on this in a very favorable time. And, uh, you know, as uh, all of our lives are becoming increasingly complex, I think people is looking for simplicity in food. And they are trying to make sure that food is able to bring us down to earth, down to, you know, the few simple things that are really important and uh, people want to eat something that is tasty that they can feel good about and so i think culturally we are in a great position to play and to uh, convey this message of simplicity with taste which is really what the homos is about yeah i mean but they also like seeing non-gmo vegan vegetarian yeah. you know gluten-free kosher and you know all things that uh, we need to keep uh, not only an eye on, but we also need to constantly be updated and uh, constantly strive for improving our products. So actually we have uh, um, all our product transitioned to the non-GMO as uh, we were uh, 
before we were making the product with one oil that wasn't non-GMO and now we have transitioned everything to the non-GMO and we think this is the right thing to do. Uh, so we need to keep ourselves up to speed and uh, on pace of uh, what is important for people and how we can better satisfy the needs of people. But, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that people are moving in a direction and we feel that we have a great base that can satisfy their needs. And uh, I think uh, every time I'm thinking about food, I'm thinking about something that I can eat uh, lightheartedly and at the same time, something that I can eat with the maximum satisfaction. Food has to be good. I mean, if you really want to enjoy food, it has to be tasty. It has to give you pleasure. And the best part is when you can share this pleasure with other people. Yeah, and you know what's been fascinating? I've, I've watched a couple of your, your unofficial meal, meal yeah. you know, videos, and you've coined that phrase because... Hummus is almost like this bridge to another meal sometimes, or it's a stopgap of when you're hungry. But, you know, you take ultimate pleasure in being able to stop sometimes in such a busy lifestyle. And, you know, the more I thought about it, uh, it's informal, too. You know, it's not this way where dinner, you have to sit down, you have to have a plate and a glass and fork and knife. I mean, the versatility of, of hummus, I've seen it on, 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 you know, I've seen it on pizzas now. You know, oh, I yeah. see it mixing with pastas. Um, what is the unofficial meal mean to you? Well, I mean, to me, the unofficial meal uh, means, uh, most importantly, having uh, uh, a great time with the people that you care about. And, uh, you know, we, all, uh, we are all running around. We run from, uh, I mean, even today, I was running from one meeting to another meeting. and that's, With hummus uh, by your side. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, the life that we are all living and there is a moment in this uh, fast-paced life where we really need to stop and connect with the people that we love. Could be our family, could be our friends, could be even new people that we want to introduce for the first time. And uh, so this is the real meaning of the unofficial meal. And also we believe that uh, when you are trying to have in this connection, there is nothing stronger as a glue than great food. And more importantly, when you can have great food in an informal, not official way, that's where the conversation immediately sparks. When the relationship immediately happens to be more uh, uh, friendly and closer. I mean, if you go to a formal dinner, you are always a little bit uh, stiff and reserved at first. But if you start uh, sharing from the same bowl and dipping your chips or your carrots in the same bowl and hands touching to each other, then it's immediately a level of intimacy that uh, immediately spark a very open and friendly conversation, yeah. isn't it? Well, how do you feel about double dipping, yay or nay? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. You know, let's talk about, you know, official, um, because Sabra is the official, what is it, dip or spread of the NFL. And, uh, dip. Yeah, and it, it's a fascinating thing because... You know, in front of the Super Bowl, there's usually this uh, amazing spread of, of chips and snacks and things to dip in. And do you feel like hummus has, has kind of supplanted, you know, queso dip or ranch dip? Is it there I, I mean, in, in that I, same I think, fashion? I think the Super Bowl occasion has represented a very uh, important platform for uh, hummus, for the category, and for Sabra to arrive to these 20-plus uh, 
uh, household penetration, the way we call it, yeah. uh, that you mentioned in the beginning, uh, because, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, like uh, the first real festivity of the year here in the United States. And uh, huge gatherings and the food is obviously a big part of this. So it has been playing a very important role for Sabrine Homos to gain popularity and to get introduced to people. And, you know, it's not been an easy job uh, to do because many people, when they start uh, hearing or when they first hear about Homos, they are really skeptical. They say, okay, what is it? I don't know what it is. Chickpeas. I don't really like chickpeas. I never, they are not going to taste good. It's something that uh, is not for me. And uh, so they are very, very, how can I say, reserved. And uh, there are a lot of prejudices. But then when they try, I mean, I had never seen like a product with such a huge conversion rate. And people saying one minute, no, I, it's not for me, I don't like it. And the minute after tasting it, can I have more? Can I have it gain? Uh, how can I buy it or where can I buy it? So I think the Super Bowl has been really able for us to give us a, a platform where we can introduce, could introduce this product to many, many people. And, you know, and then it becomes a word that is spreading from one to another to another. And this is like a movement happens. And I think we are seeing the movements of the homos spreading around America. Yeah, I mean, it, it is widespread because correct me if I'm wrong, but is hummus or the dips and spread category a three quarter billion dollar company, a seven hundred fifty million dollar? Yeah, market? that's homos. Yeah, that's homos alone. If you expand to the wider fresh dips category which could include uh, other products like guacamole or salsa or uh, like creamy dips uh, then we are really talking about a category that is close to two billion dollars yeah uh, with uh, a household penetration that is probably around 50 percent so it's in about 50 percent of american households so it's huge. I mean, it's a it's a huge category, which is growing. It's one of the fastest growing category in the grocery today. And the reason why this is happening, because it's fresh, it's simple, it's good for you, and it tastes great. And uh, I think it also taps into a very common behavior here in America, which is dipping. I can tell you, dipping is not so strong in Europe. Yeah. So if you present something, actually, this, this is the great demonstration, because yesterday I was having these friends from Italy at home, and so I wanted to introduce them to Homos, and so without thinking, I just opened, I mean, pulled the, the, the jar from the fridge, put on the table, opened it, and invited them to go and dip. And what they were trying to do instead was taking the cracker and the knife to spread on it. So I had to teach them, no, 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 don't do this. Just dip in. Yeah. Dip inside deeper. And, and what did their faces look like? Because I know the joy in kids uh, uh, being able to play with their food. Did it was very interesting. I mean, way? it yeah. was very interesting. And obviously, I mean, even when I'm with friends, I'm looking at them like yeah. they are potentially yeah, yeah. new consumers, yeah. right? Uh, so first phase was what is this and then second phase was a phase of satisfaction third phase was they were going to dip it yeah. again <laughs> but i mean like how often do you get to witness someone 
actually experience a new food. I mean, in this day and age, that that, that feels rare other than complex composed dishes. I mean, something as, again, we take for granted, as simple as hummus. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that you don't experience very often. And especially with something that is so simple, because I think sometimes you experience something new when you go in some sophisticated restaurant and there are more maybe research and elaboration, but uh, something like hummus, you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to find something so simple that can be experienced. So I think people also like to discover new foods and they they want to learn, they want to taste something different and not always the same thing. I think all of these things are part of the keys of the success of hummus in the United States and across the world. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about its origins in Levantine times and, you know, maybe using hummus as a canvas for human interaction. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> you've, you've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. The following program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 Potato Chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. And welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Durkel, here with Eugenio Perrier of Sabra Hummus. And let's talk a little about about its origins. Um, From my research, I I found it to be, you know, Middle Eastern Egyptian, maybe Levantine, which is, you know, that collection of countries uh, a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, and you were just telling me that you've been to Israel once. Have you yeah. have you experienced the Hamasaria? Oh, really? Listen, that was one of the best experience I had when I went to Israel. And I was myself very skeptical when they told me, you are going to have someone that is going to pick you up tomorrow morning at 745. And you guys are going to eat hummus. And I was saying, what? <laughs> Homos at 7.45 in the morning? And it was a fantastic experience. So we went to this uh, hummus area in Jaffa. And it was like a very tiny, simple place, a few tables, total informality there. And it's, uh, the story is that they make fresh homos every morning. And uh, when the homos is gone, they close the store. So they don't keep it. And uh, so I went there, and uh, the guy brought to us, uh, I think, three different uh, variants, uh, which is the same base of hummus with different uh, uh, kind of garnishes on top of it, with uh, uh, several fresh or warm pita bread. It was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because I've seen its proliferation here in the U.S. too. Yeah. Uh, recently, Michael Solomonoff, uh, yeah. from Philadelphia, um, has Dizengoff down there, yeah. which is named after, I think, a famous street in Tel Aviv, yeah. just opened up in Chelsea Market as well. And I went. And 
it's spectacular because this is casual thing, but it's it's also a wonderful vehicle. Um, I mean, in front of us, we have a few different hummuses and, you know, again, this canvas, and we're going to talk about those human interactions. Um, it's such a great base to be able to build on. And you can really build on it with whatever you really want. Uh, it's uh, one of those uh, magical food, I think, uh, that are these uh, nice, neutral, tasty bays that you can uh, play according to your taste. I mean, what I do often, uh, given my origins, I open it and they just drop few um, drops of uh, extra virgin olive oil on it, just to, you know, give it a little bit... Uh, stronger moisture and uh, and i love the the flavor of the of the olive oil yeah um i mean once uh, one other thing one that one time I, we had some other friends at home i wanted to delight them with homos and they have some truffles so i, I knew an italian was going to bring out truffles i sprinkled some truffles into it I mean, it was like heaven. I mean, the guy that was sitting beside me started, he dropped the chips and he started to use the forks to eat the hummus directly from, yeah, uh, yeah. from the tub. So it's true. You can really play with it and you can twist it according to your taste preferences. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And I apologize for, I just realized how much I was crunching into the microphone. <laughs> so it only proves that it is the unofficial meal because I saw the bag of chips open. I saw the hummus. Well done. It's, it's, you can't stop. So well you got us hooked, sir. But, you know, speaking of origins, having that Middle Eastern, um, you know, potential you know, history. It's such a funny thing to have, you know, all these cities, you know, very headstrong at war with each other. And then you see something like this, which is such a common base. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have a dream that one day we can sit all these people around the table and just have an official meal, an unofficial meal with them, making them enjoy homos. I think that will be a huge step towards the journey to peace in yeah, the area. Absolutely. I really believe so. Everyone just needs a break and have an happy hour. And have an happy hour. Have a great food. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. I mean, why should we even bother to fight yeah. if we can share the same, from the same bowl, this great food? Yeah, you know, and again, we take being able to snack or have food for granted. Um, but when this company was started in the mid-80s in Israel, was it out of necessity or was it did they see themselves as the business they are today? Well, actually, the company started here, um, and uh, it started from uh, uh, our original founder, which is still an incredible source of uh, inspiration for us, uh, Mr. Yehuda Peer. And uh, he actually started the business here because uh, he was uh, in the food business already. He has a shop uh, up in uh, Westchester, and he was seeing uh, um, people that were starting to transition to healthier, fresher food. They wanted to. They were buying less meat, and they wanted to buy more of the vegetable source proteins or vegetable source food. So he started to see hummus and other salads uh, moving faster. And he found this uh, beautiful product. Uh, so initially, he was buying from the uh, original founder of the company. He saw these, and uh, he wanted to be part of this business. He became part of this business, and he brought this vision to life to make this become liked by all America. 
So I think it was not uh, coming out of necessity, but it was coming more out of uh, an observation that people were really trying to eat better, but without compromising taste. They wanted to have something good that can make them feel good. And I think he found the key into this beautiful product. He started selling to few uh, customers. He started seeing that the numbers that they were making were incredibly high and uh, he was encouraged by this that there was something there that could really appeal everyone in the country and so here we are and here i am snacking again again (laughs) Um, you know it's interesting to be able to hear about those beginnings and then do you feel like it still resonates as a small company i know how international and then you know largely manufactured um Maybe that's the wrong word, but how large a company Sabra is today. But I feel like when you receive it, you know, this size of a vessel in this kind of atmosphere, there's something that still feels like small business. I think so. And I think, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I think what makes uh, uh, a business like this feel like it's a real business, it's uh, the people behind it. And I think uh, Sabra has a fantastic culture of people that is passionate and believing in what they are doing. And having this principle and the inspiration of our founder, which is still present, helping us day in, day out to do the right things and to continuously improve. And, you know, I think continuously improve is import- improving is important. It's something that you are trying to do your best every day, but you know that you can always do better. And so don't be shy to do better. And that's the philosophy that we are really following. Yeah, I mean, so how can you improve? Is it is it flavors? Because I, I mean, I love well, the I jalapeno and I You can improve that. flavors. You can improve nutrition. You can improve the ingredients that you are choosing. You can improve the convenience of the product. You can improve the availability. I mean, there are so many different dimensions where we can improve. Yeah. That, I mean, it's honestly, our priority list is always too full and we need to make choices very hard. Well, I mean, tell me about this convenience because, yes, it's in all supermarkets. Where else is hummus found and how is it more efficient than other snacks? Yeah, I mean, one of uh, uh, the, I would say, the biggest hit that Sabra had since the origin has been the introduction in the market of this grab-and-go kit, uh, which actually saved my lunch in several uh, uh, airports uh, um, trip Uh, because you know it's something that you can find almost in every airport in the country and you know the airports are not the place where you can probably find the best uh, food for you it's hard to find good snacks or good i mean some food that makes you feel you're doing something good for yourself so actually the grab and go the homeless grab and go from saba was a big hit and i think it's also been a great way to help people to be introduced to homeless for the first time so that i think was by itself a huge innovation and a huge improvement it wasn't an innovation in the product but was an innovation in the way we were bringing the product to people. I mean, it being full of fiber, protein, B vitamins, are you looking to get into, say, educational systems, you know, school lunches? Are those initiatives part of the company's, you know, mindset? It is. Uh, it's always hard to work with schools, and you don't want to be feel like you're pushing too hard with the school. Uh, but we feel we have uh, a, a mission, and we have, uh, like, a... 
um, an obligation to help and educate people to eat better overall and to eat more fresh food and uh, uh, you know hummus not only is is a great food to be enjoyed but we also know that it's one of those food that uh, increase the quantity of vegetables that people are eating because you know you want to you enjoy eating hummus with carrots celery fennels, uh, all these kind of things. So what uh, we want to do is to do this kind of education, and we are actually developing a program that uh, hopefully we will be able to land soon, where we can, uh, starting with our own employees, we can educate people to eat more often, more fresh food based on vegetable, and then we want to distribute this food and maybe also come to some uh, farmer markets and uh, help people you know, people that have no easy access to farmer markets to go there and to understand what fresh food is and why it could be good for them. Yeah, I, I don't know if you intentionally said eat more often, meaning, you know, eat more than three meals a day. But again, that's that formality of thinking that you have to have breakfast, lunch and dinner, that, you know, snacking isn't a bad thing. Snacking <laughs> isn't a bad thing at all. It's actually proven that it's good for you to uh, fragment your meals in uh, ideally five to six different occasions during the day needs to be micro meals mini meals it's not supposed to be like a huge uh, italian meal it has to be uh this done coming in, from a sardinian right <laughs> it has to be done in a small in a small way but yes absolutely snacking is uh, is good for you because it makes you feel uh, filled throughout the day it gives you the energy and uh, it actually avoids you that you make these uh, huge load of calories all in one meal that then kills you and just let you sleep wherever you are yeah. so definitely how did how did you celebrate the recent national hummus day what the third thursday of every may we had we had a fun a very fun event this year and um, uh, we think that uh, uh, food in general hummus in particular for the same reason we were talking before it's uh, um, a blank canvas that can inspire a lot of creativity. So we wanted to connect uh, Homo's Day with art. And uh, we have been uh, collaborating with uh, um, Emily Bates, an artist uh, here in New York. Uh, and we've been creating an installation at the Design Week in New York. And uh, during this installation, we've been uh, creating and uh, actually inviting people to create their own artworks made of hummus and other ingredients, it was a fantastic experience. And uh, an experience that honestly I hope and I wish we will be able to replicate over time. Uh, it was very fun and it was also very interesting and a way to discover. I mean, even myself, I discovered new angles and new ways of uh, tasting hummus that I didn't know before, uh, especially when the, they split on my hand the homos and some honey. You can't imagine how such a fantastic combination is homos and honey. The contrast of uh, the savory and sour and the sweet, it just marries perfectly. Yeah, hummus and honey. So we're going to be seeing that flavor hopefully rolled out eventually. <laughs> and you know why we are doing this? Yeah. Do it yourself at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that, you know, art piece that you guys had with Emily Baltz was about humans interacting at its core. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just about finding out that hummus and honey may be... No, 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 no. It was, it was really about creating... Uh, 
it was about creating and it was about giving everyone uh, around this table where we were like in groups of 10 all playing together at the same table at the same time and giving each one the possibility to you know create and do whatever they wanted with the ingredients that they had available and you know to look at each other and inspire each other and connect and potentially you could even taste what uh, your friend on the side was doing yeah so talking about double dipping right yeah, you yeah. put your hand <laughs> exactly. in his food well i from an art perspective you know habra is is ecru you know it is this very beige and like banal color to think that it would be such an amazing canvas for other things not only for interaction but you know flavors like roasted red peppers and jalapenos um I mean, from a visual standpoint, did you ever see that coming? I think we heard, we hear a lot about that. Uh, and that's why we continue to look into how can we play with the ingredients to create contrast of color. And I think, again, the blank canvas can come to, to life again because it's, uh, it's a great base where we can play a lot with the red, the greens, and any kind of color and create very appealing composition. So I think it's up to us to make sure that people see it uh, not just something that is beige and banal, but something that is just uh, a platform for inspiration and creativity. Excellent. Well, I'm so excited that you came on, and I'm even more excited that I start to get crunching um, <laughs> through these pita chips and hummus off air. But uh, one more interesting thing, you know, about Sabra as, as a company, aside from this meteoric rise in the market, or, or you know, this, this widespread stocking of, of American kitchens, um, you've really stayed true to that original recipe. I mean, uh, the, the, the honesty and, and trust in those four ingredients have been tried throughout. Um, how do you keep that transparent? How do you make people realize, you know, we're still using chickpeas, we're still using, you know, spices, we're still, that, that it is unflinchingly, unchanged hummus? Well, I mean, I think we do it with, we try to do it with the, the communication that uh, we develop all the time. Uh, I think one of the essences of Sabra since the very beginning is that uh, you see what you get. So the transparency is uh, extremely important in uh, what we are doing. And uh, it's been one of those elements that have uh, turn this category around. Uh, Sabra was the first brand coming to market with the clean, transparent cap so that people can really see through and see the texture of the product, the color of the product, the, the color of the garnish. And, uh, and as I was saying before, we are striving to improve it every day, not just to retain it, but to doing even better and to improve the quality of the ingredients that we are using all the time. And then, honestly, we strive for quality. Every day we strive for quality. We, big part of the success of this company has been uh, the ability to bring to people uh, what we believe is a great tasting hummus. So we want to continue to deliver this day in, day out. We want to make sure that uh, nobody is ever disappointed when they are open in this tub. And uh, so we look into the quality of the product that we deliver a lot. And we have people uh, down in our uh, facility looking at the quality every day. That's uh, part of uh, their job, and this is what they are really dedicated to. Well, I think everyone should be American and dip. Yeah. Find out more about hummus and honey. 
coming soon. And thank you again, Eugenio, for being on air and for spreading the gospel of uh, Sarah. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for hosting me. You've been listening to the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkill. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. A shout out to Route 11 Potato Chips for sponsoring Music by Cookies and David Engineering. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.